0: Thanks for listening to our Faith Church Podcast. Let's listen to today's message. All right, anybody excited for the word today? All right, I'm going to be honest with you. I was wrestling with this word. I was like, Lord, do you really want me to speak on this today? Because I don't want a whole bunch of people to be mad at me. And he just kept kept going in my heart. And I said, all right, God, if you put this in my heart to do, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And I'm gonna leave it at that. Amen. So turn to somebody, say, don't be mad at Pastor Rob. Yeah. All right, turn to somebody else, because that person didn't receive, say, don't be mad at Pastor Rob. Yeah. All right. He's, he's preaching the word of God. I got the Bible right here. Y'all can, y'all can fact-check stuff if you want to. Um, uh, but I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna speak what I felt like the Lord has really put on my heart to deliver for the church and the church at large, not, not just at faith church, but just the, the church at large uh, really needs to deal with some of these issues that are can sometimes be glossed over, but they're actually really big things that are affecting the church and will affect the church. And if we don't deal with it, we won't re- we won't see what God is getting ready to do as quickly as it could be. All right? Let me let me state it like that. God is going to do what he's going to do, but he's waiting on the church to get prepared to be able to handle what he's getting ready to release. So that's why we need to deal with certain issues in order for us to fully receive what God is getting ready to do. All right? Is that okay? You stay awake with me, all right? Follow along with me. You ready? So today's message is called Immature Love. Immature love. Immature love. That's what I want to speak about today. And I want to start off with this scripture in Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22 of verses 34 through 40. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And it says this, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him, and we're talking about Jesus, with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Uh, A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And these two commandments are to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And the other one is to love your neighbor as yourself. As Christians, these are two things that we are supposed to do. We're supposed to love God. And then we're supposed to love people. You guys got it? We're supposed to love God. And then we're supposed to love people. And Jesus himself spoke and said that these things, this second commandment is equally as important as loving God. He didn't say that this one was higher than the other. He said, no, no, these are equally important. You have to love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, but you also have to love people as you love yourself. And this morning, what I felt like the Lord really pressed upon my heart to speak about is immature love. Because we have a lot of people that say they are Christians. We have a lot of people that say they love God, but they don't love their brother and sister in Christ. They'll come to church, they'll praise God, they'll sing, they'll pray, they'll do all these things, but they won't talk to certain people because... And, the, and these, if these religious people came and tried to trap Jesus in the question to figure out what is the greatest commandment that the word of God has. And Jesus is quite blunt with them and said, you got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. But you also, equally as important, has to have to love your neighbor as yourself. And these are the two greatest commandments. Yes, there were ten before and those tens are still valid. We shouldn't be killing people and robbing people and doing all that stuff. But God, Jesus was focusing on these two things. Because if you focus on these two things, all those other commandments will just become natural that you won't do it. Because you love God and you love people, you won't be stealing, robbing, killing, and doing all this stuff. Can I get an amen? amen? Let's just make it, Jesus was trying to make it plain and simple. If you do these two things, all those other laws, it won't seem like laws because you'll be doing it out of your love and relationship with God and your respect and love for other people. Oh, I'm about to go somewhere today. (laughs) Let, Let me talk about the, can I give you the definition for immature? All right. I want us to understand this because I'm trying to help the church get to a place of understanding about our roles as Christians and where we're supposed to be. Because some people think they're farther along than they really are. And I don't care if you've been in church all your life. You can still be 85 and be immature. Can I? You, I, 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 somebody's got to get this? You can you can be older and still be immature in your faith because if you're not if you're not maturing in a certain area, you're immature. So immature means this. The definition of immature is not. Fully developed. Not fully developed. So that means that there is room for growth or improvement. All right? Another definition is having or showing an emotional or intellectual development appropriate to someone younger. Meaning that your thought process and your actions are, are, are recognized as someone that is younger immature, not at the place to be able to uh, handle certain things, okay? So as Christians, we can be mature in one area and immature in others. Let's just put it like that. Some people are the best prayers. They, are, they can get up and call down heaven. They will say words from King James himself. <laughs> they will speak all these things and, and, and they, they can pray. We got other people, they will give you the shirt off of their back. They are wonderful givers. They will sow any time that there's a need. There's a mission trip going on, they're going to sew. There's a project going on at the church, they're going to sow. We got people that are great givers. They have matured in giving. We have people that are great uh, uh, helps that will come in and serve, and they'll they'll take a week off to serve and be a blessing in the house, and and do the things behind the scenes that people aren't really seeing what's going on. The administrative type stuff. We have people that can fast well. Not many, but there are some. <laughs> I said that nobody's like crickets, crickets. We got some people that can fast. Well, when the Lord tells them, put that plate down, they put that plate down, and they go and seek God. And they try to listen and hear the voice of God. We have people that are great worshipers. They will praise God. They've matured in their praise and their worship towards the Lord. And they'll go after God with all their heart. But at the same time, we have people that are terrible at loving other people. You can have all those great characteristics, but if you're terrible at loving other people, you're immature in an area in your walk with Christ. That means you're not fully developed. That means that there's more room for growth, and we all have areas in our walk with Christ where there needs to be more room for growth. Can I get an amen? Amen. I'm just telling you like it is, y'all. I'm not sugarcoating nothing today. When you are a kid... You are only responsible for yourself. When you are a child, you are only responsible for yourself. How do I know this? I have three of them. And they are the best thing that ever happened to me. And I love them tremendously, but they don't have a care in the world. Why? Because the, they are immature. There's room for growth. They are only thinking about themselves and what they can eat or what they can play with or uh, when they can get up or when they can go do something or see someone. And they have these desires and they make their requests known and sometimes the request will be granted. Notice how I said sometimes, parents. (laughs) Sometimes the request will be granted, but they are caring only about themselves. They only have to think about themselves right now because they're immature. But how is it that people that have been in church for years still are in a place where they're acting like a child in their faith? Specifically when we're talking about the love of God and loving other people. Children... They want what they want. They'll throw tantrums every once in a while. They'll act up. They'll love on you. They'll love you so much. <laughs> I say the other day, my, my children wanted, they wanted Chick-fil-A for dinner that night. It was a day that it was a blizzard outside. But they wanted Chick. My daughter's like, Daddy, I want Chick-a- Chick-A-Way. I want Chick-A-Way. All right, so Daddy went out and got them some chick a because I love my kids and I want to take care of them. But children, they just, they just ask and want things and they, just, they want things to happen, but they're not thinking about how much it costs. They're not thinking about the weather outside. They're not thinking about the transportation. They just say, I want Chickaway. You know? And so we have, we have Christians that are in their walk with Christ that are sitting out there barking out demands, but yet have not matured enough to understand their role as Christians. And so they get upset when somebody's not doing what they want them to do because they're only thinking about themselves. Instead, when you become mature in Christ, your, your, your responsibility and your concept of yourself changes. It shifts. When you mature, it's no longer just about me, myself, and I. It is about, it is about myself and also the people that are around me. When I was single, I had one mindset. When I got married to my lovely wife, we got, my mindset shifted. I had to take care of my wife. I'm responsible for my wife now. Then a baby came. I'm responsible for my wife and a baby. And another baby came. And another baby came. <laughs> Lord Jesus. And my responsibilities shifted every time that a change happened in my life. I had to mature a little more. I had to mature a little more. I had to think about certain decisions. I had to come up with different plans. I had to go to the Lord and seek his face about different things at each different phase of my life. But I have learned how to grow and to mature as the seasons change. But there are some people that no matter how many kids they have, they still are acting like kids. I mean, y'all all know that one person in the family member that still ain't grown up. They still getting up Saturday morning eating cereal, <laughs> watching cartoons, ain't paid pay the rent, don't got money for rent, but acting like a kid. But in the church, we're supposed to mature, and our, our, our capability to understand people around us and love people and engage with them should grow. But if our only focus is on us and our culture, we are missing what God is really trying to do. Oh, I'm going to go there today. Go to go there today. See God is love. And if you want to mature in your love, you have to mature in your relationship with God. And you have to understand what love truly is. Because I believe that there are a lot of people that claim that they love God and that they love the body of Christ. But as soon as somebody do something that you don't like, you start cussing people out. Don't turn no heads and keep looking at me. Don't look at nobody. I saw somebody pinch somebody right now. Don't tell... Put the phone down. Stop texting about that person. Hold on a minute. As soon as somebody supposedly does something wrong, we write them off. Or somebody says something that offends you. Girl, I ain't going back to that church. So-and-so asked me to move my seat. This is my first time here, and she asked me to move my seat to my car. And drove all the way home. And you missed the entire movement of God because you got offended at one person. Y'all laughing, but you know it's true. Sister so-and-so was sitting in my spot. They know that's my spot. I've been coming here for two weeks. They should know by now. 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7, I'm going to start at verse 7, and I want to talk about God's love. I'm taking this, I'm reading this out, the word of God, so y'all know I'm not making stuff up, okay? This is what the word of God declares. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says this, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I'm going to keep reading. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he had He loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Listen to this now. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Uh Uh-oh. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. That's That's speaking about maturity. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he is in us. I'm going to read that part again. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he lives in us. So in order for us to really and truly love God, we have to love one another. In order for us to really truly love one another, we need the spirit of God functioning in our lives. Let me get that straight. Because it is the Spirit of God that reserves the right to speak to you about the issues going on in your life. The Bible declares that the Holy Spirit is a teacher and he can teach you how to do all things. So when we allow the Holy Spirit to live and function in our lives, the Holy Spirit reserves the right to say, hmm, let's talk about this issue right here. That's not right. We need to bring healing here. The Holy Spirit reserves the right to bring up a situation and say, I want to deal with this. Much like he's doing right now. Some of y'all didn't know what to expect coming in today. But God is trying to deal with some things that may be hidden and just down deep in people's souls that they didn't even realize is going on. But God is putting his finger on and saying, let's deal with that today. And so the Holy Spirit is proof of the love of God flowing in our lives. And we need the Holy Spirit to be able to understand the truth of God's word. When we hear the word of God, the Holy Spirit will come in and transform your life around if you receive it. Can I get an amen? So it is important for us to understand that God tells us in in this word, the Bible, we, we can't see God, but we love him. But if you, if you don't love your neighbor, do you really love God? Oh, I'm going to keep reading. I'm going to skip down a little bit. It says here, we love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. Oh, those are strong words. For if we don't love people, we can see. How can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. The word of God is very clear on this. That if you want to show your love to God, you have to love other people. And you can't say that you truly love God, but you turn around and talk about another brother or sister in Christ and say that you hate them and then declare that you truly love God. Oh, I'm going to go there today, y'all. I'm, I'm just getting started. Lord, help us. It is important for us as the body of Christ to deal with situations like this because, because the enemy loves to come in to steal, kill, and destroy, and he will do that at all costs. And one way that the enemy will try to come in is try to make sure that we don't love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because if we did truly love our brothers and sisters in Christ, we can experience the love of God in ways that we never experienced it before. And so, in the world today, everyone can associate themselves with a culture. No matter who you are, no matter where you come from, there's there's a culture that you're associated with. And whether or not People know your culture. They're going to associate you to a culture. Let's just be honest. Right? Some people will hold culture higher than their relationship with God. They will put culture ahead of what God is trying to do. What do I mean by that? People will sacrifice their relationship with God and their relationship with their brother and sister in Christ to associate themselves to a specific culture and exclude other people out of that culture. Can I just be honest? And, we, and people do it all the time and they do it in the church. Do it right in the church, not realizing that the enemy is using that to put in seeds of deception and separation and causing people to grow away from each other than growing closer together together in Christ. I am, if you don't know this already, I'm African American. (laughs) If you could not tell. Shocker. My, I just had to be clear for some people that I was wondering. My, my mother, she grew up in Alabama, Prattville, Alabama, down south. So I got the southern side of me. And then my father is from Jamaica. And I have the, some of y'all, I heard somebody, what? They, now they're going to think of me a whole nother light. Some of y'all didn't know I was Jamaican. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, I'm about to expose some stuff. Is that okay? So I got, I got the southern side of me, and then I got the southern-southern side of me, or the island side of me, that the culture that I grew up in, that's what I was related to. I could relate to that culture because that's how, where I've been most majority of my life learning about our culture, what we like, and you have to understand you have a culture at large, but there's also subcultures as well. People, everybody's family, you might be black, but are you rich black? <laughs> are you poor black? Are you educated black? Are you uneducated? Now, these might be unspoken, people are not going to talk about this kind of stuff, but it would be like that. And then I'm going to speak about being black because that's what I'm an expert at <laughs> if you, if you can say if I can say that I I practice it every day whether you agree with me or not that's up to you but being black in the black culture there are underlying things that people believe black black people should do they're stereotypes, but I'm just going to call it what it is. And in the black culture, they, they, they are shocked if you don't do certain things. Can I, just, can I go there today? So, so one thing that really shocks people is when I say that I don't like macaroni and cheese. <laughs> the gasp I heard in this room. Some of y'all are like, this is not right. Somebody about to get up and walk out of the church. That's okay. See, see somebody said it. They're going to take my black card because I don't like macaroni and cheese. Now, where did this black car come from? I don't know, but they're going to take it away. And then the other thing that, uh, you know, I'm, I, I got the southern side of me. But I just can't do it. I cannot do grits. I cannot. I cannot do grits. Do not pray for me to be delivered from that. I want to stay in bondage from that. Okay? I just can't do it. And I see the the shame and disgust on people's head. Oh, Pastor Rob. Oh, Pastor Rob. And so sometimes in culture, people are so quick to take your culture away from you. Give me that black card. You just walking around here not even eating right, trying trying to represent our culture. At the end of the day, it's not about the culture. It's about Jesus. You can take my black card. You can take my Dominican card. Somebody gave me one of those you can take any of that away, but at the end of the day, all I care about is Jesus. You can be mad at me if you want. You can be disgusted with me if you want, but at the end of the day, I love Jesus Christ. He loves me and I love His people, and I'm going to do what I can to serve Him and be a part of that kingdom culture. I am not interested at being at a black church. I'm not interested in being at a white church. I'm not interested in being at a Hispanic church. Santo. I'm not interested in being at a Chinese or Indian or Cuban. I'm interested in being in the body of Christ. I don't care if you're rich or you're poor. I don't care if you got it like that or don't. If you're smart or you're dumb, I don't care. As long as we're in the body of Christ, we're good. All of our blood is red. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That is what the church is supposed to be about. But let me tell you something. The enemy, the enemy's enemy's goal is to get the, the church tripped up on whatever he can get it tripped up on. And one of the things that the enemy has been using and will use time and time and time again is this, this, this thing that's on your skin. Newsflash, you didn't decide what color you're supposed to be. No one was in the womb wondering, mm, can I get number one, please? I think I, I, think I want to be Asian today. This. There was no parents, your parents, if you had two black parents once in there, Lord, please let this baby come out Puerto Rican. (laughs) You don't get to choose what color you are unless you're Michael Jackson. But that's a, that that was in, normally, in normal circumstances, you are the color that you are. Can I get an amen? amen? You are the color that you are, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. You are not a mistake. You're, you, God didn't mess up on you and say, oops, I, for, I left you in a little bit too long. God didn't do any of that. God created you the way that you are. You're so unique and designed to honor God the best way that you can. And the enemy has been lying for years in the people's ears, spewing out poison. I rebuke racism in Jesus' mighty name. The enemy will try to bring racism into the church and make a brother mad at another brother because of the color of their skin or feel like they're being misused or abused because of the color of their skin. Now don't get me wrong, racism does exist. People do wrong. They have injustices. Black people are being there's injustice all around. But that doesn't mean that every person that's a different color than you is out to get you. So I know some black people, somebody walked by them, Mm-mm, they looked at they blinked at me too much. They blinked at me too much. Something ain't right there. Something not right there. And see, see, here's where it comes, where we become immature. Because if all you do is focus on how people are treating you, you'll never express the love of God. Because the love of God is not conditional about how people treat you. The love of God is how you treat other people. And it could be that very love of God that will draw people into the, to the body of Christ. But if you want to be immature, you're going to start acting, well, I've you doing this, I'm not going to do this, and you start breaking your neck. Then you are immature in your faith. People have been using race as a clutch for years. Oh they, they'll never I can't get nowhere data because of what they did to me. I, I can't make it the, uh, uh. Do you know that God says that He can open up any door? That if God opens up a door, no man can close it. And if God closed a door, he, no man can open it. So if you have a relationship with God, it don't matter what people might think or say about you. If God opens a door, you walk through that door. I don't care if you're white, you're black, orange, you're yellow. You get up and you walk through that door. Don't be using that as an excuse. Stop it. See, God wants to teach us to love. Love. We got to love beyond our culture. We can't be just associated with a, I'm I'm sick and tired of. Now, if you're in a place and all you got is black people, then, I mean, that's all you got. You can't have what you don't have. But if you're in a place like Rochester, New York, and you don't got anybody else in your congregation, Is it a church or a, a club? Because it, it seems to me that there's some stuff that has not been dealt with yet. And because it's not dealt with yet, you're not opening up the doors for other people of other cultures. Now I'm not going after nobody, but I'm just teaching the word of God. I I that's one thing that I loved when I came to Faith Church is I came inside and I saw people all, all different types of people. And I said, this must look like heaven. Heaven must look like this because there's going to be a whole bunch of people. And I love to see the different cultures and the faces and the languages and the expressions of their love for God. And that is what the church is supposed to be like. And so we have to deal with this issue of of race. God, white people be afraid of being white. They white. This is their color. (laughs) That's just their color. Come on, they have a different culture growing up. And everyone has different cultures. But when you get into the word of God and you get in relationship with Jesus Christ and you get into the body of Christ, that doesn't matter anymore. You start focusing on this word that will change your life around. I am coming at culture today because in culture, people have built up different safety ne- mechanisms that, that define their, their lives based off of their culture. When God is trying to tear down that culture and trying to build you up in the kingdom. Because some of us are not pursuing the things of God that he has for us because we have this idea that our culture is holding us back and we don't need to go and express it towards other people. We need to be sharing the love of God to other people. Not just one culture, but to every nation and every tongue needs to hear about Jesus Christ. That is what we're supposed to be doing. That is how we're supposed to be living our life. There's, there's one one person I know that's not racist aside from Jesus y'all so, y'all so Christian <laughs> there's one person that's not racist it's Satan he is an equal opportunity offender and he will find whatever race. fed you don't like somebody because their hair too long, go. Yeah, you should say something about that. <laughs> the, he the the he's so he's so dumb. But this is this is how he gets into the church, and have people start murmuring, saying, "She's a little too dark." She or that person, they not. Really black, they too too light to be black. Well that person's white, I bet they did this. That person's Indian. I think that that's going on, and the enemy starts trickling this poison into the church, starting to bring division, try to bring a separation between different cultures and different people because of something that hey, they had no control over. When the word of God shows time and time again how God was trying to break that down. In Numbers chapter 12, I'll just share this real quickly. Numbers chapter 12, I'm reminded of the story about Miriam and Aaron. And they spoke out against Moses' wife, Zipporah, who was a Cushite, um, and also Ethiopian. So that means that this woman most likely was darker in complexion. And Miriam and Aaron were upset about that, that Moses married someone that was of a darker complexion. And guess what? God himself came down and had a conversation with them. God came, he said, bring them here and we're going to meet. And then the cloud of God's glory came and, and, and stood there and began to speak to Miriam and Aaron about what they were saying because they were attacking the man of God, Moses. He says, you, I, the, the prophets, I speak to them in dreams. But, but Moses, I speak to him from straight out of my mouth. I have conversations with Moses. I chose Moses. I, this is who I put here. Who are you to come and talk about the man that I picked? And then the Bible says that Miriam was struck with leprosy right there in the presence of God because of her, her response to her brother Moses that was stemmed and rooted from being prejudiced of Moses' Wife, I'm going somewhere, and so so Mary, Miriam was struck with leprosy, and Aaron is crying out to God, and even Moses is crying out to God, have mercy on Miriam, have mercy on her. And God said, and even in your culture, if she spit in the, her father's face, she would at least have to go out to the outskirts of 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 the um, the the town. And be exiled out there for at least seven days. So you put her out there for seven days. And for seven days, she stood out there at the outskirts of the, of the town, of the people. Until, and on the seventh day, she was healed. And they did the ceremony. They bring her back in. The point I'm trying to make is, some people may even be dealing with sickness in their body. Because they have not chosen to forgive or deal with the issue of sin that's in their heart according to race. Oh, you say, Pastor Rob, that's a little far-fetched. Read the word of God. What happened to Miriam? She had a disease on her body. And it was stem from her, her, her prejudice towards Moses' darker wife. And she had an opportunity to at least allow God to bring healing to her life. How many people have been walking around with things in their heart for years? And it's like a cancer eating away at their body, and they don't know what's going on, but they still talking about so-and-so. Mm, so-and-so was at church trying to praise the Lord. Knowing that blouse was too short. <laughs> and we have this built up inside of us. Some people have dealt with real, real issues. Real, real issues of prejudices or being accused of being a racist or, 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 or dealing with people abuse-wise, verbally. Stuff that people have never even talked about or helped them walk through in their lives. So they've been dealing with this stuff underneath their heart for years. We got a younger generation that's being inundated with all this negative news about their culture and their race. And they're trying to process and figure out what am I supposed to do with my life. There's people out here that hate me because of the color of my skin. And it's people in the church dying because they haven't dealt with that issue in their heart and don't even know it. Don't even know it. Oh, but I'm going after it today in Jesus' name. You don't have to leave here the same way you came in. People have these issues and don't even know it. But God wants to bring healing. God wants to bring restoration. God wants us to experience the full love of Christ. And God is getting ready to bring revival on this land. He's pouring it out. But you know what? This revival won't be able to, it's it's going to be held up if the church is still fighting over who's doing what color and what they're doing. Can I just be honest? Because you're not loving your neighbor as you love yourself. If we're not loving our neighbors as we love ourselves, we're missing the mark, church. We have to love one another. Now, I say this. I am not ignorant to what's going on in the world around us. I'm just not ignorant. I'm not ignorant. I know there there are people that don't like us for the color of our skin. But that doesn't mean that we don't love on them. We have to love people, even if they hate us, for something we have no control over. I remind of a a story of uh, something that actually happened in my life. Um, And I was driving. I I used to live around this area. And uh, I'm in Brighton. And I was driving through a side street. And it's, it's very nice houses and whatnot. And so as I'm driving down the street, I see this little boy. He had to be one or two years old walking on the sidewalk by himself. And he was white. And so I didn't see anybody around. So I'm like, Lord, something's going on with this kid. Some This kid go- must have left or did something. But you know what I realized? I was a black male in a specific place. And there was a child that was loose. So if I get out of my car... What are you gonna think I'm trying to do with the little kid, but I could not let that kid just go and be out there by himself. I just could not, and so I followed that kid in my car with my window down, and I saw people i saw people, hey, hey, anybody know who's this kid whose kid this is? Hey, hey, and then somebody came out and they got him and then i i i and they, I said, you got them for a second? And it, yeah, yeah. And I turned around, drove around, and I saw this family getting out um, of a van. They were getting their groceries out of the car. And while they were getting the groceries out of the car, the little, the little child walked, wandered away. And we were able to get them. You, I did all this while I was in my car. Because I wanted to make sure I'm aware of the circumstances that might come to play. But I loved that child so much that I didn't know that I was not going to just neglect them because of the color of their skin. Do you get what I'm saying, church? We cannot use our color as an excuse anymore for anything. We must love people beyond the color of our skin, beyond our culture, beyond the way that we are raised, but we have to be open to what the Spirit of God is saying and what the Spirit of God is doing in our lives. Can I get an amen? Amen. Even in the New Testament, after Jesus died and rose again with all power in his hands, There had to be a a shift in the mindset for people in general. Because up until then, the Jewish culture was the chosen, there were the chosen people of God. They just were. But when Jesus came, he just tore that apart. And he opened up the way for everybody to have a relationship with God. And so Peter... God speaks to Cornelius to send for Peter, and Cornelius is a Gentile, and Peter is a Jew, and they're not really supposed to mix. They're not even supposed to really be in good company with each other, but he sends for him, and and that is the first moment where the Holy Spirit falls on the Gentiles, and there was was a shift in the heavenlies that opened up the doors for people that were not Jewish to be able to be in relationship with God. And from that time on, it was the church's job to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. We're supposed to preach the gospel from the ends of the earth. So at that moment, God was just re- just killing that racism, killing that, just, that culture shift, just taking that away and putting everybody on an even playing field and saying you are all able to come to Jesus Christ all able to be in a relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. That leads me to believe that as God is getting ready and is pouring out, we're seeing pockets of the revival that God is getting ready to release upon this earth. But as a church, as the body of Christ, we need to be in one accord. We have to be in unity. And that means we also have to be, love each other. No matter what culture, no matter what you've been through in your past, you have to learn how to love your fellow believers or you don't truly love the God you say you love. Today, 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 I believe that God is going to bring healing to many hearts. Some people are afraid to talk about this kind of stuff. because so when they brought it up before, they might have been hushed, hushed. They might have been scrutinized for thinking the way that they think. Or maybe they never felt comfortable talking about certain issues. And I'm not asking you to talk about it to me. I'm asking you to talk about it with God. And may God deal with your heart the way that he knows you need it dealt with. Because there are people that are not fully embracing the call of God on their life because they have not properly learned how to love people. And until we love people the way that God wants us to love, we may miss what God wants us to do. And so this is for everyone because I believe that even as I'm preaching The Holy Spirit is going through and touching people's heart. And he may even bring back to your remembrance an instance or a time where someone or something happened that marked your life and you didn't realize that it marked your life. And it it perverted your perspective on relationships with people of different cultures. And today, God is trying to tear down those walls so that you can experience his love like you've never experienced it before. I believe that by the end of today, there are going to be people that are even physically in their body going to receive healing and strength in their bones because they've dealt with the the underlying issues that have been cancerous to their body and that they're going to feel even better than they've ever felt before because they've been dealing with that root. Oh, I'm coming after it today. And you are going to feel different. So I want you to do this with me today. I want everyone to stand if you don't mind. Jesus. I'm, I'm going to do two prayers in a minute. First, I want to give a moment. You might be in this place, you might be in this church. And he said, Pastor Rob, a lot of what you said spoke to me. I've been dealing with certain issues. I've been hurt in the past, maybe by a different, another church or ministry. Or Understand that church is not God. God is God. Let me put that out there, okay? Let me say that again. Church is not God. God is God. The body of Christ should be a method to help us get closer to God, but the body of Christ is also filled with flawed people yeah. and people that don't know any that don't know something sometimes you just don't know what you don't know and God is trying to bring healing to those that have been hurt in the past or maybe been felt like they've been hurt by church and ran. Are running away from God, don't want a relationship with God, or choosing to live another lifestyle because you want to blame the church. But Satan is a liar, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and his goal is to destroy your life. Now, are you going to let something from the past, maybe years ago, dictate your life, your joy, your peace? Or are you going to allow God to bring the healing that you need so that you can be free and enjoy the life that God's intended for you to enjoy. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.